0: We feel very comfortable, very confident, and yet we know we've got a tremendous challenge in front of us. We're excited about still playing. Uh, Last night was a uh, very frustrating game at times. There's no question about that. Uh, uh, We felt like we were trying things, like you're standing on the sideline drawing plays up in the dirt a couple of times. But the kids really uh, did a nice job of uh, changing some things. We came out early. We made a bunch of shots, a bunch of threes, and everybody thought it was going to be easy. And uh kept saying that they were going to come back at us because they're a competitive bunch of kid. And Jay Wright's clubs do that, so we felt that way. But uh, they did. They got more aggressive. And then they made a great uh, run right before the half and uh, started the second half. And uh, everybody has seen me coach before knows that I've taken five guys out at one time, several times in my life, and most of the time when I'm really mad at them. And I was a little discouraged with them, but it wasn't just that. Uh, We took them out because I wanted to change how we were playing the post and because we felt like they were really hurting us inside and I wanted to make sure there was no uh, misunderstanding about how we wanted them. So I took those five guys out, kneeled down in front of them. I didn't even see two plays during the game because I was talking to those guys. And uh, uh, then we went back out there. And then later in the game, uh, uh, we went back to our big lineup and and tried to keep Reggie and PJ in at the same time because Uh, We felt like we were going to need to make some outside shots. And so, fortunately for us, uh, the kids stepped up and made some plays. Marcus made two big plays. Uh, uh, PJ and Reggie made some big threes for us, and we did get a little bit better on the defensive end. So, fortunately for us, we're still here playing and know we have a big-time challenge in front of us. Questions? start right here in the front row. Greg Barnes in South Carolina. Coach, the game yesterday, you got hot from three early, built that 20-point lead, uh, then didn't hit one for 60 minutes. That's when they came back, retook the lead. What changed during that stretch where, where Villanova was able to, to really limit what you are doing from beyond the arc? It was it's a combination. I mean, defensively, we weren't very good, so they were scoring, so we weren't getting it out on our break as well. We've had great teams in the past that could uh, – run to break after a miss and also run to break after a make and we're not as good after a make this year so that was part of it. Uh, Their defense got stronger themselves, they got more physical with us and I'm not implying at all it was dirty basketball, they just got more physical with us and we shied away from the challenge. We always say you have to face the fire and I think we backed up away from the fire for a long, long time and then some of our threes were not very good shots. I remember jumping on PJ and Leslie two times in about a four possession swing because both of them shot the ball when they barely had a grip on it. And neither one of them had their feet set. And so we took some bad shots, uh, uh, turned it over. We tried to penetrate when their defense was stronger. And so you add all that together, and they make a big run, and we don't do much of anything. On the right-hand side. Hey, Coach. Jim Bates with KWCH in Wichita. Last year, two of 17 from three against Kansas, and I think you missed your last eight shots of the game the team did. What is it about a Bill self team? I know the personnel is different this year, but what is it about a Bill self defense, or the defense's KU runs, that make them so difficult to score against sometimes? Well, I think they're leading the nation this year in defensive field goal percentage. So they're really good defensively. They're athletic. They're long. They have a shot blocker at the goal. Um, You know, last year they just dominated the last four or five minutes of the game. We didn't make very many plays. Uh, I thought uh, Jeff Withy was really strong in that time period, a couple of blocks when we did go inside. Uh, But I think if you have a shot blocker around the basket, you take away the other team's second shot opportunities. And if they do get an offensive rebound, he's got a chance to block it. You have people on the perimeter like Elijah and Travis who really do a good job defensively and keep the ball in front of them. They have length, they can uh, uh, steal the ball, but they they don't necessarily think that's their number one objective. Their number one objective is to give you one bad shot, and that's usually what they give people. But I think uh, Bill and his staff do a great job of uh, uh, working on it. They emphasize that uh, uh, characteristics when they're recruiting, and uh, they get the kids to buy into it. Right here, Danny. Danny Klinkscale, WHB in Kansas City. Uh, Coach Harper yesterday at Western Kentucky said he told his team don't drive in there and to score, drive in there to pitch because with he's down there. Is that a message you'll send? And how hard sometimes is it for players to not think, you know, I'm a man, I can take it into this guy? Well, the culture out there tells them they're a man when they're six years old nowadays. They think they can go in there and dunk over a seven footer, so you have to understand that part. But uh, I've never used that terminology, and, and Coach does use that with his Western Kentucky team, and they've used it all year long. We're going to try to do the same thing is to try to Uh, play the way we've been playing. For 15 years at Kansas and the first nine years at North Carolina, I wanted to take it right between the eyes of the shot blocker. But we had Tyler Hansbrough, Tyler Zeller, Sean May, Nick Collison, Drew Good, and Wayne Simeon. We could do those kind of things. We don't have that kind of team now. So what we have to do is hopefully spread their team a little bit, which gives us good spacing, which we want against everybody, and uh, not uh, be silly. and. Try to get, you know, if one of our 6-3 guards gets an offensive rebound and tries to go back up and shoot it over Jeff, then the next horn you'll see is we'll have another 6-3 assistant. <laughs> On the right. Coach Al Wallace, Fox 4, Kansas City. Uh, from a historical standpoint, that 57 title game, North Carolina, <laughs> Kansas, triple overtime, uh, being a native of North Carolina, played there, coached there, coaching now. What, What do you remember about that game growing up and how important it was to Carolina and Kansas? Not one iota. I was seven years old. I was playing Cowboys and Indians and never shot a basketball in my life when I was seven years old. Uh, I didn't know anything about that game until I was a high school coach, probably, because when I went to North Carolina, it was Coach Smith going to three straight Final Fours when you had to win the conference tournament. And uh, we lost to... Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was Lou Alcindor at that time. But uh, now I know a lot about the 57 National Championship game. I learned a lot more about it when I was at Kansas. I got to know those players when I was assistant at North Carolina and become even much closer with them since I've been back as the head coach. But uh, I'm serious, seven years old, I'd, I'd never played a game of basketball in my life. So I didn't know anything about it then. But Lenny Rosenbluth is here this weekend, and he was the National Player of the Year in 57. and uh, Dick Carp was a great mentor to me and a great uh, coach at Kansas and a mentor to some fantastic youngsters. And I know he was coaching that team. And he and I had several conversations about it when I was at Kansas. Uh, uh, Tommy Kearns I have played some golf with. He was a starting guard on the North Carolina side at that time. Uh, Joe Quigg's son played for me on the JV team when I coached at North Carolina as an assistant. So I do have a lot of ties. But I didn't know anything about it at that time. But guys, I'm old. We didn't even have a dadgum television when I was seven years old. We walked to school five miles uphill both ways. (laughs) We are halfway through this session. Two questions are up. It's good, it's already deteriorating. And one on the aisle, and then we have three here. Go, please. Uh, Luke T. Raleigh News and Observer. Uh, One of the things about Kansas, um, I'm not sure you guys have seen a team since you went to the the lineup that has that kind of length on the perimeter. Um, You know, Reggie and PJ usually, you know, tend to have an advantage over a lot of the guys guarding them. Mm-hmm. Does that change the way you do anything? things? Obviously, with Villanova, you got Jackson in there to kind of open some things up. Is that mm-hmm. something you might look at again? Well, there's no question they led the nation in defense field goal percentage for a reason. And it's not just Jeff Withey blocking shots. Because uh, Relaford and Young, uh, all those guys, Macklemore, even though his, uh, his first year is playing in the games, I mean, he's been there two years, they do have tremendous length. It's, uh, uh we've had some teams like that ourselves in the past Uh, even even when we had ty ty was so fast so quick that he made problems for everybody and then we had wayne and danny and marcus on the perimeter so i think length always helps you i think the uh, uh, size enables you to close out better Uh, the size enables you to deflect more passes Uh, the size enables you to bother more people's shot I've always said that uh, Jimmy Behind's zone at uh, Syracuse was really effective because he had the long athletic player who could close on people, like the old people talk about defensive backs, how quickly they close on you. But uh, uh, they they recruit a style of player that they really like, that fits in, and then they're able to sell that youngster on doing what's best for the team. And uh, the way they defend is a huge, huge part of their success. Left-hand side, Roy. Wendell Barnhouse, Big12Sports.com. The change uh, that you made with the lineup, uh, have you ever had a season like that where you've had to make that kind of change? And is it that big a difference of what you were trying to do at the start of the season and what you're doing now? Wendell, I've, I've changed a starter several times. You know, usually I'm one of those guys that likes to pick, after three or four weeks of practice, pick the five guys and you want it by outplaying the other guys in practice and keep it that way. But there's been three or four or five maybe more times that I've changed a lineup in one spot, but not necessarily a style of play. This was the first time that I've done that. It was uh, scary. I was not comfortable with it. I'm still not comfortable with it. I'm comfortable with uh, you know, uh, Greg Ostertag, Scott Pollard, uh, Rafe LaFrance, Nick Collison, Drew Good, and Wayne Simeon with those kind of post players that you play to at the same time. And every now and then, maybe even put a third one in there. Uh, Sean May. Uh, Jawad Williams, Marvin Williams, Tyler, Hansbrough, Tyler, Zeller. That's what I'm more comfortable with. So it was a little uncomfortable for me. But as a basketball coach, you know, you need to try to get your five best players on the floor if you're not successful and we weren't being as successful as, as we wanted to be. And in saying that, you know, the, uh, I've said this and people just think I'm poo-pooing it, but the players had to buy in. And they're the ones that really should get the credit because every one of those kids tried to work on what we were trying to do. And I said in uh, October, November, I thought our team would get better and better as the season went along. And I think they really have. Coach Brett Strelow, Fayetteville Observer. I think for some of us in North Carolina being out here and maybe 50 miles away, we get a greater appreciation for the pride and the roots of basketball and here, Lawrence, and just what was it like to live that? And do you get a sense when you're you know, right in the middle of that, just the pride involved of? its connection to the history of the game? You know, the, uh, I'm a wacko, so I understand this. I used to sprint and then I jogged and now I just walk. But every game day at Kansas, I always went to the graves, to the cemeteries, and I'd pat the tombstone for Dr. Naismith and Dr. Allen. Now, I would always ask them for some divine intervention. I don't know if they gave me any, but it always made me feel better. But uh, I love the passion of the Kansas fans. I mean, it's, it's just off the charts. People would see you and say, hey, coach, got a seven-hour drive back to Dodge City, but what a great game. You know, it was something that they really took a great deal of pride in. Coach uh, Dean Smith and, and myself are probably the only two people in the world that know what actually goes on. The people at North Carolina think, well, Kansas can't be that good. They can't have the same feelings for basketball as we do. And the people at Kansas say, well, those North Carolina people, they're okay, but they can't have the same passion and feelings for basketball that we do. And Coach Smith and I used to talk about it. We were really the only two people that understood and and knew what was going on at both places. But uh, I've been, uh, uh, I've loved both places. And uh, Kansas for 15 years, it was uh, 15 great years I loved every single day. Uh, At North Carolina, I was 10 years as assistant, uh, five years as a student. I got my degree in four, but I stayed and got a master's. But, uh, uh, and then back 10 years as a head coach, I've loved it. Uh, James Meeser was our chancellor. He said, it's not immoral to love two institutions. And I think that's the best way to describe what I feel. But it's uh, when you walk into Allen Fieldhouse, and I said this before Left, that if the day I ever walked in Allen Fieldhouse and I didn't get cold chills, I would know it was time to stop. And I'd feel the same way in the Smith Center. Every night I walk out on game night, if I don't have those cold chills, I'll quit. And someone asked me the other day if I would ever Uh, consider coming back and playing a home-and-home against Kansas. And I said, no, my athletic director will understand. Uh, The new pope will understand. Uh, We will not have your problems because I will never walk out of that far tunnel. That will never happen. Klinkskill from WHB, Uh, I know you've addressed this before, but yesterday it appeared you had another one of those things where you had to go down to a knee. Mm -hmm. And uh, Can you just describe what happened? Has anybody ever told you whether it's dangerous or whatever? I really don't worry about it. Uh, it started happening when I was 13 years old. It's just a blood rush, and yesterday it was. I was screaming because we needed to get. I said, "Just give me one, one rebound," you know, because they kept getting every rebound and scoring. But it's usually when I go a little wacko and start screaming and getting up and down. But it, it's never worried me. Uh, the doctors at Kansas checked me out any way, in every way you can. The doctors at North Carolina. The only unsettling thing is I'm not sure they really care that much about me. They just don't want me to die on their watch, you know, is what it is. But, no, it's, it's not vertigo. Vertigo I have some significant problems with it some But that's, again, I was 13 years old. I started doing that when I was catching in Babe Ruth Baseball League. We are under four minutes. We have three questions up. Go, please. Brett Freelander, Wilmington Star News. Uh, going back to the other Brett's question a second ago, uh, you've gotten a pretty good reception here. Do you think that after ten years, that, uh, that folks have finally gotten past that whole Roy, Kansas, North Carolina thing and, have, and are moving on. And, well, then, you know, and, th- and then I got another question. Uh, with the impending snowstorm that's coming up, is that any kind of a distraction, especially if it takes a while to get from the hotel to the building? No, it's no distraction. You know, Unless the roof goes off, we'll still be able to play and the whole bit like that. But that part, so far, hasn't, hasn't been a distraction. Time heals all wounds. People told me that. and. You know it's taken me a long time to realize that but i've had some wonderful friends at kansas that'll always be extremely important to me and those people have uh, been fantastic but i had some people that were very disappointed when i left and uh, and and i knew about that i had some people at north carolina were very disappointed when i didn't go back in 2000 and they let me know about that uh, but uh, i do believe that time heals all wounds and uh, uh I, I'll, I'll tell this story, I've told it 100 times. I had a guy in an airport came up to me and said, hey, coach, uh, nice to see you, but I'm a Kansas fan. I said, so am I. And he sort of looked at me weird and he walked away. He went down a couple of gates and he came back and he said, you know, you really surprised me with that answer. And I said, you shouldn't have 15 years, heart, body, and soul. And I said, when I was coaching at Kansas, Kansas was my favorite school and North Carolina was second. I'm coaching in North Carolina, and that's my favorite school in Kansas is second. And, uh, uh, but the people have been really nice. they have been people that are uh, uh, driving by on the streets when we're out walking in the morning that have been yelling and saying nice things. Uh, I only had one that yelled something. It wasn't quite as nice, and you know, but that's that's part of it. But uh, uh, this is a special place. Basketball out here is extremely important, and I love those places. We have time for two questions. We're going to take this one and on the aisle, and here we go. Coach, you mentioned the team having to buy into to what you're wanting to do and that being part of the process. You've talked a lot this year about, you know, a lack of a sense of urgency, Uh, not so much over the last month. So does that kind of apply as well, that they had to buy into that aspect of it? You know, I think everybody, you think you grow up nowadays and you're the greatest thing since sliced bread as a seven-year-old and a 12-year-old. And, I mean, we had Kendall Marshall. He was the number one basketball player in America as a sixth grader. Jesus, what the, Dickens does that mean, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, So they do buy in, but there's another level. You've got to be all in. And uh, I think the kids believe in everything we say, but you still have to be all in. It can't be 90%. It's got to be 100%. And we went through a stretch in the game against Villanova. We were not all in. And so that's still a work in progress, but it's, uh, uh, it's natural. You know, it's, uh, uh, Greg Gurley was a speedster when he played for us. I mean, he doesn't look like it right now, but he was a speedster, but I could get him to run from one end of that court to the other a heck of a lot faster than he could by himself. Right, big fella? (laughs) Final question. Uh, Roy Harry Schrader, 101 ESPN in St. Louis, right over here in the middle. Okay, Harry, thank you. Uh, Talk a little bit about their freshman, Mecklemore, and then about your guard page. Uh, Do you see either one of them hitting that proverbial wall, but talk about what makes Mecklemore so good? He's really a fantastic scorer. And that, as Hubie Brown one time said, a shooter is one who makes up for a multitude of sins. I don't know that Ben's got a multitude of sins, but he can really shoot. And uh, uh, you have to understand that part of it. He's a little more mature than Marcus because he was at the program last year and, and gone through some things. But he's just an unbelievable scorer. Who does other, excuse me, other things well? But you have to understand, he is a scorer. Marcus right now is a distributor who's going to be a better scorer. He's a tough little nut that I think is going to be one of the best point guards in college basketball. And I think Mclemore right now is is one of the best uh, wing players that there is in all of college basketball.